everyone and welcome back to the Glam Observer podcast. My name is Jada and I'm the founder and CEO of Glam Observer and the Glam Observer Fashion Academy with which over the last three years I've helped many fashion enthusiasts getting their jobs at dream companies such as LVMH, Dior, Prada, Valentino and many others. I've recently even made it to the Forbes under 30 list in the education category for the things I teach about getting a job in fashion. Are you ready for a boost of motivation, confidence and positive energy? This episode is fantastic for any of you who dream to get a job in fashion but who didn't study anything related to it. So you want to know how you can make it and how to be confident applying for fashion jobs and not letting the fact that you lack a fashion education stop you. I'm excited to share this conversation with Tifa, buying assistant at ASOS, who shared with us how she got into the fashion industry and landed the job as customer specialist at ASOS with a degree in mental and social health. We talk a lot about how a no is just a not yet who are not here, and she shared many tips and tricks for those who didn't study fashion, such as messaging or LinkedIn the recruiter manager and asking if you can still apply for a job when you have less years of experience than those required, how she went from customer care to buying by applying for a buying position despite it required specifically that they needed someone studying fashion, and I'm glad she did it because she got the job despite a first attempt to get into buying always at ASUS didn't go well three months earlier. We also talk about how to show your interest in fashion during job interviews when you don't have any previous working experience yet. So I really hope you will catch all our positive energy and confidence and you will learn how you can make it into this industry even if you didn't study fashion. Before starting this new episode, I would like to invite you to my free online masterclass on four proven strategies to get a job in fashion. In this free training, which is like a sort of mini free online course, I'm going to teach you four strategies that work to get a job in fashion. But we also see together what are the false assumptions about the fashion industry and what are the most common fashion job application mistakes so you won't make any more of these mistakes. Register to my free online masterclass. I will leave the link into the notes of this podcast episode. Hello, Tifa, and welcome to the Glam Observer podcast. It's such a pleasure for me to have you here on the show, and I look forward to listen to your story today. So let's start from the beginning, and if you can please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Latifa, and I'm 25. I'm a... Buyer's admin assistant, and I also do fashion blogging on the side as well. So, yeah. I invited you on the podcast because I think your career is really interesting and inspiring. And you know that one of the false myths related to the fashion industry is that it is necessary to study fashion 
to work in this industry. And so although every week I do share that it's not necessary to study something related to fashion to work in this industry, I think it's better if we can bring some real cases. So you didn't study fashion, you graduated mm -hmm. in mental and social health services. So I wanted to know when and how did you realize you wanted to work in fashion and what was your dream job back then? Okay, so for me, I actually didn't study fashion, that's correct, but I've always had a passion for it. I felt like when I was going to university, I studied, I went for a, top, a subject that I was very passionate about in school. So I thought, okay, I'm really good at this, I'm, I'm really good at this subject, so why not study at uni as well? So I didn't think much about studying fashion or any fashion courses. I didn't really think about doing that. I just thought, oh, I'm good at health and social care, let me do that. And then, because a lot of my family members are actually healthcare workers, so I thought, you know, what a way to keep the family tradition going, which is why I kind of went that route as well. I enjoyed what I did, but it wasn't really my passion. Like, it was not my... I was passionate about it, but I wasn't as passionate. Like, I'm more passionate about fashion, but I felt like fashion for me was one of those things where I felt like was an escape. And I didn't want to study fashion because I, at the time, I had a lot of friends that studied fashion in uni, and they seemed to complain about it a lot, and they didn't really enjoy it. So that kind of discouraged me to think, oh, I don't want to study that because I don't want to be complaining about what I'm studying because I like fashion and I don't want anything to put me off it. That's why I studied health and social care. So I think my second year of uni, I started to feel like, oh man, like I wish I was doing something more creative because I started getting compliments on my creativity with like little pictures I'll post or like little blogs I'll write. People started complimenting me on that. So I thought, oh man, I wish I studied fashion or something more creative. But I just carried on going anyways. And at the time, because I had friends that studied fashion and told me how hard it is to get into the fashion industry or how hard it is to get on the fashion courses, I just thought, oh, it's too late for me to change my course now because that means I would have to redo my first year. And I didn't really want to do that. So I just carried on. And then my third year, I decided to take blogging very seriously. So I started blogging properly. But then I wasn't as consistent with it. But I, I took it seriously. So I would have blogs up every week. But it wasn't as consistent as I would like it to be. But when I finished uni, when I got out of university, I just thought, no, I'm going to find a way to work for a fashion brand or a fashion company or just something to do with fashion. I don't know what I want to do, but I know I want to work in that industry. So <laughs> that's it that's how I started and is there maybe anyone who inspired you to want to pursue this career in this industry or it was just as you said your passion so um my passion I would say was what led me to wanting to pursue the a career in fashion I think at that time when I was decided I wanted to do a I wanted to do blogging I didn't really have any blogging friends I had friends that studied fashion but they went into blogging they were more um fashion in the sense where they do like creative stuff but they weren't like they didn't do I didn't know anyone that did styling full-time or anyone that did blogging on the side so it was just little like oh let me draw let me sketch outfits let me sketch a dress it was just that type of thing so um I just kind of just put myself out there just from like reading magazines as well so I started looking into and then I think from one of the magazines I used to read it used to have like pictures of bloggers So I started like just reading about them and just seeing like what they did. So I noticed that they would take pictures outside. 
still have friends take mm-hmm. pictures they can take pictures in, like different spots and different outfits I, thought, I could do that on my week like on weekends I could get my friends to take pictures of me so that's what I I just thought okay I've seen how they do it I don't know how they started doing it because at the time a lot of people didn't tell you how they started it they just say to you oh I just started so yeah. I feel because I was reading the magazines and stuff I kind of just say okay I can do it it looks easy at the time but it's not I mean it's easy when like you said when you enjoy something it doesn't seem like a job anymore so I love taking pictures I love putting outfits together so I just thought okay now I can write about it so I started writing about my outfits as well writing about my shopping tips and people like I started getting feedbacks from it and I remember at that time I used to work part-time in River Island so I worked, I um I used to work weekend jobs at um fashion stores. Like I worked in Rhode Island for a bit and then I left and I moved on to ASOS customer care. When I actually applied for ASOS, I didn't know I was applying for the cost. I didn't know what I was applying for. I just kind of applied for it just because it was ASOS. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just went for it. So you started your fashion blog to get closer to the fashion industry. You worked in retail. And- how did you break into the fashion industry and get your job at ASOS? Did you do anything special to do to get your first job? You started as an intern. How did you enter at ASOS? So um, <clears throat> with my job at ASOS, I feel like because it was a customer care role, I started as a customer care advisor. So for that role, I don't think you needed to have an experience working in like the fashion world or retail as much because it was more a customer service job. So you're not really dealing with the clothes firsthand. You're dealing with customer complaints and things like that. So I feel like um, I just sold it to them on my interview. I just told them, listen, like I love clothes. I love telling people what to wear. I love giving advice. And like I've had experience of like working customer facing jobs so I know what customers usually want when they're complaining I know how customers want to be dealt with because of my previous experience of working at River Island as a sales advisor so with that experience there when I went for my interview I just kind of sold it to them and I think they could tell that I was very passionate about it because I went to the interview looking very stylish (laughs) (laughs) so I went to the interview looking super stylish like I remember like my parents were looking like where's she going what interview she going dressed like this <laughs> but um I just said to myself I'm gonna sell it to them I'm gonna make them believe everything I say every single thing I say I'm gonna make them believe me just because how much I wanted this job so before prior to going for the interview I read a lot about the company, I read what they did, I read about the roles. Once again, remember when I applied for the job, I didn't actually know it was a it was just customer it was just a customer service job. I thought I was gonna be involved in the creative sides of things. So I was like researching about that as well. I was researching about how their models dress, how things look on the website. So when I went for the interview, I just sold it to them and I was just myself. So we spoke about what I like and I spoke to them and like I just complimented everyone in the room on what they were wearing <laughs> as well. <laughs> so that helped. So I think I just... Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. I think because I was so passionate about fashion already before going into that job or before going into that job interview, it was easier for me. It was like I was in my natural habitat. Like, so I knew what I was talking about. So, and because I said to myself, having ASOS on your CV looks good, even if it's like 
for the smallest role as long as you have that asos on your web on your cv it looks good because for you to get that job it means you know what you're talking about you know what you're doing so i thought if i was get my foot into the fashion industry i would like to start with a company like asos so that's why i just went for that interview giving it everything yeah i love what you have just said and i also love the fact that from you what you've said it seems like you really were confident in yourself despite not having a fashion education because you know most of the times the lack of fashion education brings also the lack of of confidence for girls and boys who want to apply for fashion jobs so i really like what you shared and and it seems like you were very confident in yourself and i think this is also what makes you succeed and get the job yeah i feel like that's the thing as well because at the time i had a lot of friends that were working part-time as well at other retailers and they were they had an advantage of that they've worked and they've studied something to do with fashion where i haven't done it i've just done like little weekend jobs here and there so i thought okay if i'm going to the interview what does that person that studies this topic or what does that person have that i don't have or what do they have what do i have that they don't have and i said this is where you're gonna have to really sell yourself So remember, they've had the experience. They probably know more about like fabric composition than you ever know. They probably know more about the seasons and trends than you ever know. But to make it look like you know what you're talking about, just do your research. Like what I do before I apply for jobs, I read about the jobs. I go and research about the company and just see, compare. I also do a lot of comparison as well. So I compare roles. So if I'm applying for a job, for example, that says you need to have three years experience in the fashion industry or three years experience of working with a retailer or something like that, what I usually tend to do is sometimes I just drop them a little message on LinkedIn and ask and say, well, um, my name is Latifah. This is what I've done. This is what I haven't done. I haven't I read on your description that you need to have two years experience. I've actually only got six months working experience um would like to be eligible to apply for this job and sometimes they reply and sometimes they don't reply i still go through it anyways and just sell yourself in the cover letter because i feel like that's a good way to introduce yourself to this person to the hiring manager i love this tips fashion is a tough industry it could be intimidating sometimes so i really like what you have just said because i always encourage people to introduce themselves to reach out to recruiters or managers or linkedin or via email because if you never ask you never get you know you it's never true. know it's what that- someone yeah I yeah agree. you never know what someone <clears throat> could could think about your experience or your skills maybe you don't have that kind of experience but you have something else and so they want to meet you they want to talk to you they want to invite you to a job interview so even though something that i always suggest as well is to don't wait to meet all the requirements in order to apply for a job because you know you never know what someone could think about you maybe they're going to like a skill they're going to value more a skill that you have than those that maybe they are requiring so it's really about putting yourself out there be confident and don't be afraid to to ask because the worst you can get is that no one is going to get back to you or that you just get a no and a no is just a not yet or not here 
So you can go ahead, you can apply for another job, another company, or you can apply again for that company another time. That's true, because what I've also with like applying for jobs recently is sometimes when you apply for jobs that you don't particularly, you don't necessarily have the skills that they're looking for, they potentially could have another role coming up and they put you there like, oh, you don't actually have the um the skills we're looking for for this specific role, but we've got this job coming up that we think it might be best suited to you. So I feel like even sometimes when they say no, other opportunities kind of arise from it. This is what I said, it's important to sell yourself. So if I'm applying for a job where... um. If I'm applying for a buying job and I know everything but my maths, it's not too good. I'm not really good at maths. I'm not really good with numbers, but they need those skills. Sometimes they might overlook the fact that I'm not really good with numbers and just offer me the role. And then whilst I'm on the job, they give me training as well. So I feel like yeah. it's always to just be honest and upfront with the recruiters and just let them know like, well, I also noticed on your... um. On the skills you listed, you're looking for someone who's got excellent numerical skills or excellent mathematics, um, excellent number skills. I don't really have these things, but I'm willing to. I'm open to learning. I'm open to training. Those those also helps me in interviews. Where I've suggested that, well, I don't really have these skills, but I'm always open to learning new skills. So it shows them that you're open to new things as well. Yes, absolutely. Showing that you're proactive proactive that you're willing to do learn and to grow is something very important and also regarding put yourself out there I do always suggest to call the email brands and people even though there isn't a job posted that is made for you at the moment and you want to work for that brand don't wait for the job to get posted online for an, an opposition to open, but call them and introduce yourself. You never know that maybe they're looking for an, inter an intern maybe in a month or they haven't posted the position yet, but they do have, I mean, an open opportunity or even just your introduction could give them an idea of a need of someone they maybe didn't consider that they needed. It's true, definitely, I agree. And so I wanted to know, now you're working as a buying assistant, so I'm curious to know how you went from customer specialist to buying assistant, because usually when it comes to buying, they do require a previous buying experience that you usually acquire through, for example, <coughs> buying internships. So I'm really curious to know how you went from customer specialist to buying assistant. Yeah, so um, once again, I just showed interest, so I'm... I actually remember at the time, my manager at the time when I was working as a customer advisor always used to say to me, oh, where do you see yourself in three years? Where do you see yourself in two years? Where do you see yourself in six months? And I always said, well, I would like to have a more creative role within the company. And I was honest if I said, I don't see myself progressing as a customer care team leader or customer care team manager. I don't see myself doing that. I see myself having more of a creative role within the company. So I was very honest about that. I was very open about that. So job listing came up and I applied for it. And when I applied for it again, as soon as I applied for it, I spoke to my friends that I've worked with in the fashion industries. I spoke to my friends that did fashion um, interning as well, that they've interned. I spoke to them 
And they all just said the same thing to me. They just said, just go in and be yourself. They didn't actually say anything about the skills or the requirements. They said, honestly, just go in, be yourself. Obviously, do your research and stuff. But they didn't really mention about skills. They just said, you know, just go in and be yourself. Just let them know that you know what you're talking about. Let them believe everything you're saying. So because no one really said anything about skills or what I've studied, it didn't make me feel like, oh, maybe I can't do it. So because it just kept saying to me, go in and be yourself, I kind of felt like, okay, if everyone's saying the same thing, then that means they see something in me. So what I did was, even before I got the interview, as soon as I applied, I started reading, I started going on YouTube to see what, um, how the buying interview usually goes. So I watched so many video clips. I watched um, a video of a girl. She actually went on a podcast or a YouTube channel and she spoke on how she started her job as a buyer's admin. So I found that very helpful. So I watched that and I followed all the tips she said. So I think two weeks after I applied for the job or maybe a week, I got an email back saying they'd want to invite me for an interview and the interview's done in stages. So the first stage was just kind of like you talk about yourself and then you just like it's like a video interview they ask you a few questions and why you want to do the job, why you think you're good for the role and why you think, you know, they should hire you. So what I did again, I used this website called Glassdoor. I think mm-hmm. that's what the website is called. And I just literally typed up what do buyer's admin do? What is the buyer's admin job? How much the buyer's admin will earn? How do you, what, what, what questions are they asking the buyer's admin interview? So I literally just typed any question that came to my mind. I just typed it up on that site. So it came up with lots of answers and I wrote it down. And I remember, I think I spent the whole day just like going over the questions and the answers just to make sure I was prepared. Because once again, I don't apply for roles I don't think I'm good at. Even if I don't, even if I don't have the skills they're asking for, I'm still going to apply for it and just prepare myself for whatever they throw at me. So <clears throat> I always go into job interviews feeling like, this is what I want and I will get it. Even if it's not here, even if it's not at your company, I will get that role somewhere. So I just did my research, just went over it, asked questions, got my friends and my family to like speak to me before the interview, just prep me. So when I did the video interview, I just, at first I felt really nervous and I said to myself, you have to relax because this is the first time meeting you. This is like an introduction. Mm-hmm. So you want them to remember you so once I thought about that in my head I kind of let all my fears go and I just started speaking like I was talking to my friends and it just went from there so I did the video interview I gave them I submitted the video interview and then I had I didn't hear anything back for maybe a few weeks maybe another two weeks or another week and I got another email and said you want to invite me for a a face-to-face interview and I was like oh my god this is exciting then they said oh you would have to do a mood board but we've we've given we've sent some questions over as well for what the mood board should say and I remember I was like oh my god I've never done a mood board before but I remembered I applied for a job at another company that they asked me to do a mood board but then the interview they kind of cancelled the interview last minute so I had the mood board I already started working on. So I remember I was like, oh my God, that means I have to go to the shops. I have a few hours. I didn't really have a lot of time to prep for this. So I just went straight to the shop. I bought everything. And like my dad usually gets me magazines on his way back from work. 
so he's got me like lots of magazines so what I did was I decided cutting out pictures and images that stood out to me went on the internet read about everything they asked me because the good thing is they actually gave us questions so we had time to prep the questions and prep the mood board so I used those information given to me I used them for my mood board went to the interview again another thing I just like I was just being myself I told them you know I've never studied fashion so I'm just really passionate about it it's been something I've always wanted to do and I feel like because I know so much about it I spoke a lot about my blog I made them read my blog as well I just told them this is what I do I enjoy doing this and I think I applied for it. The interview went really well. Um, I didn't hear back from them for like a few weeks. And I, I was really nervous. So I actually emailed them and said, oh, I'm just emailing you because I've not heard anything back from you. Like, do you have any feedback for me? And I think after that email, they like called me like two, two or three days after and said, unfortunately, I didn't get the job. So they told me why I didn't get the job. And it was actually interesting enough it was nothing to do with the fact that I didn't have a fashion knowledge or fashion experience before it was just it just so happened to be that um someone else just they felt like someone else is better suited to the role so when they give the feedback they didn't mention anything about oh you know you didn't have any fashion experience they didn't mention anything like that Mm -hmm. so that made me feel good because then at least I know that me not having fashion background doesn't mean I can't get this job ever it just means I if it just means I'll probably have to work harder than someone who's got a fashion background like they've studied it and they probably know more about it so I just said okay that's fine so the job fell through then whilst working at ASA still I think maybe like three months after an internship role actually came up and it was the exact same role again so I applied for that one Mm-hmm. And I, and the funny thing is, I actually used the same mood board I used for the previous role. <laughs> I used it at that interview, and I got the phone call back. So that made me feel good. So it made me feel like, okay, well, this is one step into the fashion industry. So I did the internship and then the job. So I ultimately did an internship, but with the internship again. It specifically, it specifically said you needed to have, if I remember clearly, you needed to be studying something within the line of fashion or just something to do with fashion. Mm-hmm. You had to have an experience. I still applied for it anyways. And I got the job. I really, really love everything that you have just said, your story. I think you, your story is really inspiring to be resourceful, to figure it out the things by doing your own research online because today you really have no excuses to not knowing about anything you have google you can literally find any information that you need you don't need any fancy school you can find everything online and i also love the fact that you didn't get discouraged when you didn't get the job in the first place and as i said a no is just a not yet And I really think it's really paid off later because, I mean, after three months, you got an internship. And I really love the message that you're sharing that you didn't get discouraged or the fact that you didn't have a fashion background, didn't stop you even to apply again uh, for another buying internship after that. I mean, for the first one, it didn't go so well. So I really, really 
think that your story is really inspiring and people should take from it a lot to be resourceful, to not get discouraged that you can even make it, even if you don't meet the requirements, you can still make it. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much. It's so funny because I don't think a lot of people, not even, I don't think a lot of my close friends are even aware because I, I feel like sometimes you forget your story unless you actually tell it. Like, so if you never asked me, I probably wouldn't have had the chance to say it to anyone. So whoever's listening to this and you're thinking you want to get into the fashion industry, you want to get into a fashion role, but because you might not have the qualifications, just go for it. Just do your research. Like I said, you not having the degree or you not having the fashion experience might mean you have to work harder, but that's fine. As long as you research, you show about this job you show them how much you want it I don't see a reason why that should like stop you from getting it yeah yeah I really like your motivation and inspiration because you know there are as I said many who lack this kind of confidence that is absolutely necessary to get started and then navigate your career in the fashion industry this is a tough industry so you really have to gain the confidence that you need to get ahead and there is no reason why to not feel confident because you know it's these are all myths that are false related to the fashion industry that you need to study fashion that you can make it if you don't have previous experience in this industry so really break down all these misconceptions about the industry and go ahead because you can all make it yeah it's true definitely so I feel like just keep going. And even if it means starting your own, so for like, for example, when I was thought about, I wanted to become, I wanted to get into styling, I always thought, okay, I have friends, I could always use them to build up my portfolio. So even if it means buying really like spending, dedicated spending, maybe 50 pounds a month to buying outfits for your friends, get them to wear it, take a picture of them in their clothes, that's how you start. So I feel like, just go for it and just like work hard for it and just every time you think you want to do something you have to really be consistent with it and just have that positive vibe of that positive energy positive thoughts and think okay why did I apply for this job I applied for this job because I want this job okay they've said they want someone who has this they want five skills I have two out of the five that's better than having none what am I going to do to get the five I'm going to find a way to work towards getting those five if that means watching YouTube videos on these skills every single day practicing and practicing do it we live in a world where we're lucky enough to have internet like we can search for anything like everyone's probably most people have smartphones now you can type anything and it brings it up for you so I feel like there's everyone's everyone's got an advantage at the end of the day so it's just how you use it it's how you use the resources around you so I feel like it's all how it's all about the individual it's all about you like try not to think too much about the people who probably be applying for the role just focus on you and just try to remind yourself why you applied for this job in the first place because I feel like when you have that at the back of your mind everything else becomes clear like when you know why you applied for something or why you want to do something, everything else starts to fall in place. That's how I see and that's how I always view things. So when I apply for a job, I always remind myself, 
why did I apply for this job? Okay, I've applied for this job because I feel like I'll be good. Why do I think I'll be good at this job? Okay, this is why I think I'll be good at this job. So you kind of prep yourself. You give yourself prep talk before you even get that interview. And I think that's helped me so far. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I really, really love your positive energy. And I'm so happy that we are chatting today. <laughs> and I'm, I look forward to share this episode. So it's going to give a boost of motivation and inspiration. And I hope they're going to catch all your positive vibes and energy. And they're going to get them inside them so they gain the confidence they need to make it in this industry. Oh, I hope so, so too. Question. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. My next question is, what do you like the most about your job and working in fashion? So for me, with my job, I like the fact that I get to see the process of how, like, how a design, how a product comes to life. So you work closely with the designers, you work closely with the models, you work closely with the garment tech, you work closely oh, with your suppliers as well so you get to see what you get to see the stages in which it takes for a product or a t-shirt to come to life so for example before you might see a t-shirt that first come in and it's black but when you actually put it on your model you decide you know what black doesn't go well let's try in a different color so things like that getting to see the, the stages of how a product actually comes to life for me it's one thing I would never get tired of seeing so it's always really interesting to see like how close you work with the suppliers as well and how the suppliers actually work as well it kind of gives you like a I feel like it gives you an insight to how long why sometimes when you order from like new brands or when you order from like startup business for example sometimes when they think when like the product takes a long time to come you can can you kind of like you're able to put things together and think oh okay I can guess this is why it's taking too long for this item to come so I like one of my favorite parts just working and seeing how things go in stages so I will never get tired of seeing that so I love like from the suppliers picking out the fabric from the cut to how it looks on the model to the 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 design is drawing up a design to it being shot and then to it going on the like on the website. So I feel like those stages for me, they always make it really interesting. There's a lot of admin stuff, but nothing beats that stage, like seeing it go from one stage to another to another, then to the finish to the finished process. I feel like for me that's my favourite part of everything. That's what I love the most. Can you maybe explain a little bit your role, what you do as a buying assistant? Yeah, so with my job, I deal with a lot of admin stuff. So let's say, for example, I do a lot of peer raising. I do a lot of, so I take the, so with peer raising, so you have like numbers that you give to the suppliers. The suppliers get in touch with you. You do a lot of peer raising. You do a lot of um, meetings. You do a lot of you do a lot of fit sessions, so that's where you have your models come in and you try your fabric on them to see if it's the right fit, if everything you told the suppliers how you want your product to look like, if they followed your instructions. So in fit um in fit sessions, they usually have like the the main buyer, the garment tech, and the designers there, and the model as well. So. You give the garment, you give the um the fab the t shirt for example to the model. The model wears it. 
you can adjust everything you want. So if the sleeves are too short or if you want the sleeves to be longer, you can amend all of this stuff and you give like a feedback to your supplier and they work on that. So I do a lot of fit sessions as well. I do a lot of, um, I take things up to be short. So we have like a studio. So I take a lot of samples mm-hmm. upstairs, so studio teams where they take pictures of it and they put it on the site. You have a lot of, so you deal with a lot of like, how the product, the description of the product on how it looks on the website, you deal with that a lot as well. You do a lot of sizing, you do a lot of order raising. So you raise the orders. So you, so um, to put in like an easier term, everything that goes on before the t-shirt or the skirt or the dress goes on site, you do a lot of that work behind the scene. So you write, oh, this is a white t-shirt. So when you're raising an order, you write the description up. So what you see on the website, the buyer's admin are the ones responsible for it. So yeah, yeah. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, the role of the buyer is really different from a company to the other, but also inside the company is different from a department to the other. I guess you are working on the ASOS brand. Yeah. So I worked on a branded team. So because ASOS doesn't only do ASOS brands, they also do other mm-hmm. brands as well. So I actually worked on a branded team. Yeah, because I, I interviewed last year an, another buyer who works at ASOS and she does mm-hmm. something completely different in terms that she works on sneakers. And so oh, yeah. she had to deal with buying and so selecting which pieces are going to get featured on ASOS. So yeah. I really like to share the fact that the role of the buyer is different. So there isn't one thing that describes the role of the buyer. Yeah, that's true. So you literally have different roles depending on what team you're on. Yeah. And so you've mentioned that you started your fashion blog when you, I mean, you were still in college. So you also have a great Instagram profile where you share your outfits. So <laughs> I wanted yeah, it's really inspiring. Actually, when you when you send the link to me, I didn't know that you had that Instagram profile because I found you through LinkedIn. So I was really impressed. And I mm-hmm. wanted to know, I mean you said that you started because you had a passion. So I wanted to know if your fashion blog and your Instagram page maybe have helped you to get your first job into the fashion industry um i would say no because when i so i've never really i don't show so every time i've had an interview i tried not to show them my social media page so i only show them my fashion Mm -hmm. blog because i feel Mm -hmm. like because I feel like my fashion blog goes more in depth because I write a lot so they can see my personality and they can see some pictures there. So I feel like for me, my fashion blog is also more professional than my Instagram page. So I would say no, I don't think my my social media profile has really helped me get a job, but it's helped me, like when I've talked about it in interviews, the recruiters have definitely showed an interest every time I've showed them but I don't think I don't know I I can't tell but mm-hmm. I talk about my fashion blog but I don't talk about my Instagram page as much as I talk about my fashion blog so yeah yeah and would you every- suggest 
would you suggest for someone who doesn't have any fashion experience yet or any fashion education to start a fashion blog just to show your interest for the fashion industry and I mean have something to add on your CV and to talk about in the job interviews when you go I mean I want to get a job in fashion I would say you don't have to start a fashion blog per se but you should have something to talk about just to show that interest that you have an interest in fashion it doesn't have to be anything professionally related it could just be oh um on Saturdays I take fashion pictures of my friends outfits or it could be it could be anything so small as that oh on Saturdays I go to the thrift I go to the charity shop and pick out um items or fabrics that stand out to me and I I re- I recreate them. I try to make new outfits out of them. It's just something that just shows that you have you outside of the job you're applying for. You have something else that you do that goes hand in hand with the role you're applying for. So I feel like it's always important to have something you do on the side, like a hobby, like fun, anything. It doesn't have to be a fashion blog. It doesn't even have to be an Instagram page. You could have like pictures you take. For example, if you print your pictures out. If you take fashion pictures, for example, it's always worth like carrying your portfolio with you to the interviews. And you say, oh, well, if they ask you, so what do you do in your spare time? Say, oh, this is actually what I do in my spare time. So just having like something to show or something to say when they, whenever they ask you, so what do you do on your spare time? Because when they ask you this question, it shows they have an interest in you. So they've asked you all of the usual interview questions. And the next question they want to ask you is, so what do you do in your spare time? Tell us more about yourself today. That's your chance to really tell them what you do, who you are, what you're passionate about as well. Because I feel like for a lot of interviews I've been in, it's not always about, oh, this is what I can do for your company. This is they wanna show they wanna see that you outside of this job, outside of this job you've applied for, outside of this company, you're still your own person and you're still an individual at the end of the day and you have something that you do. So I feel like even if it's not fashion related, still talk about it because you never know. That could be something that differentiates you from the other person supplied for the job as well. Yes, absolutely. Because companies want to know that you don't only have the right skills, but most of all that you meet the company values. And this is something that they can understand from what you do outside your job, outside your school to really understand what you care about. So it's super important. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. So thank you for being on the Global Server podcast. It was such a pleasure for me really to have you on the show. I really loved your positive vibes, motivation, inspiration, and confidence. I really, I think everyone is going to learn a lot from this episode. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much for having me. I've never done anything like this before, so I apologize in advance if I sound nervous or I was mispronouncing words. I'm nervous. Um, no, I mean, yeah, you I were absolutely perfect like you were doing interviews every single day. Trust me. <laughs> Thank you so much. And to whoever listens to this podcast, I hope you take something out of it. You find something that I say helpful, at least. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So many takeaways from this from this episode. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much for having me on. I really hope you enjoyed this new episode of the Glam Observer podcast. If so, please do leave a review, rate and subscribe. 
because it helps me to keep going with the episode and to keep having great guests on the show. Thank you so much and see you the next week.